Welcome to What Now? I'm Michelle Reeves, your host of this weekly podcast that connects you to the world's most innovative brands, CEOs, and founders. I've spent the past 20 years working with global brands in sports, fashion, entertainment, and tech. From the Olympic Games to New York Fashion Week, I've been on the red carpet and I've pulled back the curtain to learn and see as much as I could while building innovative brands of the future. I'm joined by Lexi Schmertz, Senior Advisor of Christie's. Lexi's career began in finance at Goldman Sachs and the New York City Investment Fund. She later worked at the Financial Times Tokyo, covering emerging internet and related tech developments, and was an online editor at Condé Nast. She went on to become CMO and Head of Business Development for one of my favorite e-commerce fashion startups, Moda Operandi, no longer a fashion startup. Uh, Welcome to the show, Lexi. It is great to have you here. Thanks, Michelle. It is such a pleasure to be here. And thank you so much for inviting me. I'm a huge fan of yours and of Navion, and it's such a pleasure to be here. Oh, gosh. Likewise, I am enthralled with everything you are doing at Christie's. You know, when we think of Christie's, we think of Hammer coming down on multi-million dollar artworks, iconic celebrity memorabilia. Let's face it, Christie's is arguably the best in the industry at doing that. Am I am I wrong? Last year, eight point four billion. Yes, yes. I mean, we actually do say we're the world leader in auctions. So yes, you are blowing the competition out of the water. So yes, we can go with world leader. What's great is though, there's more to that than there's more than just fine art sales going on over there. Um, last year, Christie's started Christie's Ventures, and you've begun investing in the future of Web three founders and digital businesses. And you've also been at the forefront of taking traditional auction items into the future with NFT auction sales. Let's just cut right into it. Why is Christie's, a 256-year-old company known for selling antiques and fine art, suddenly investing in digital startups? Tell us more. Well, I think you actually hit the nail on the head. I mean, we are a 256-year-old company and a luxury heritage brand, an iconic brand. And I think that in order to survive and thrive, a brand like ours needs to be constantly evolving and questioning ourselves and looking ahead. And it's funny, you know, people look at a few, you know, landmarks like the venture started last summer with the Beeple sale in, in March of 2021. But the reality is that Christie's has had a really a very long term commitment to the intersection of art and tech or to exploring this intersection. And there's been this journey that we've been on a lot of it just sort of under the radar, where we were the first company to actually record an auction on blockchain back in 2017. We were the first company to sell an AI-generated artwork at auction. We are the first company to sell a mixed reality artwork. It was a Marina Abramovich piece at auction. So like these are things, you know, for a long time, Christie's has been sort of exploring these different avenues and sort of leading the dialogue around art and tech very much through our our art and tech summits, which we've now been doing for, I think, since 2018. And so that also, we've been bringing together people to talk about art and tech. So ventures did not just come out of nowhere. It, there is really, there's been this sort of important buildup to it, if you will. Does it feel like with this buildup, and you mentioned Beeple, that there's been this ongoing history at Christie's to innovate, push, and build up into the future but does Beeple feel like, and, and for those who are not familiar, Beeple was an NFT that sold for how much, Lexi? 
So the work by Beeple sold, whose whose real name is Mike Winkleman, sold for $69 million. And it was an it was an NFT. It was a digital artwork that was an NFT. But what's interesting is that, I mean, there's so much interesting. I don't want to go down a rabbit hole of NFTs, but can I take a moment to sort of tell you about that moment? Please do. Moment? It was during COVID and you know, people were at home on their computers. There was a big, if you look at the, you know, a chart for Ethereum or for Bitcoin, it's like it was on a on a rocket ship at that point. So there are a lot of people at home becoming crypto billionaires, essentially. And there was no place to, or there weren't that many opportunities to spend your, your crypto. And so NFTs really started to take off during this period. And Christie's got behind it with the sale of people's work. We listed the work originally for $1 um, in the first, I think it was hour we had to pause because it, it shot up to, I think it was over a million dollars in the first hour. We had to start doing KYC and all these new bidders. I mean, it really, it was beyond unexpected and exciting. But I think that one of the things that was so great about it, aside from the, the enthusiasm around NFTs, is it really validated digital art. It put digital art on the map in a new way. And that's essentially Christie's job is to bring things to market and let the market decide. And the market decided that NFTs were interesting. And so from that, that sparked a lot of enthusiasm around the world for, for digital art, for NFTs. But I think what, what really struck us was that, you know, we get excited about something, when we put our name behind it, there's real momentum that, that we see coming from that. And as we looked at different tech opportunities, we felt like we have this front row seat. We're giving credibility to companies, artists, creators, whatever it is, let's really support this. Let's not just be passive. Let's help direct the future of this ecosystem. And also let's get a return on our investment. So that's sort of like the culmination of the people moment and these summits where we're bringing together, you know, leaders really from across the art and the tech ecosystems. And we see relationships happening and partnerships and conversations developing. We're realizing like what an interesting position Christie's is in and how we really can make a difference in this space. And that's where um, ventures came out of last summer. And I think that's important to note. I I was going to describe Beeple as this seismic shift. You know, everything you've been building up to innovate um, has pushed things forward, but the Beeple NFT sale, it created a leapfrog moment for the industry. And to your point, I think for consumers, having Christie's not just acknowledge the conversation of NFTs, but to take the lead, really, it started to legitimize the space. Beyond the dark corners of something that was mysterious and very uncertain, Christie's helped, I think, categorically give credibility and welcome others in. And those others that you welcomed in were artists. You really helped enlighten, I think, a whole new wave and a a generation of artists who thought before their time, their career would be limited. And you provided longevity and a trajectory of success that had never existed before. Thank you for saying that. I think that's so, so important. And, you know, historically, Christie's is a secondary market. We don't usually sell works directly from the artist in our sales. They, they come from consigners they, who've you know been collecting over years. And so what's been so interesting with Web3 for me is that there's real community engagement that starts with the creators. And so there's this opportunity not only to work with the creators, but really to like to join their community, to support them, to get to know them, to, you know, be part of their journey, which is just like, I mean, that is such an exciting opportunity. I, I also want to just say, though, that, 
even before the Beeple moment and the NFT moment, I think the summits were starting to do that and, and are continuing to do that because, again, very under the radar in that sense. But it really was this sense of Christie's providing credibility to this conversation, like just year after year hosting these summits and saying art and tech matters to us, even if we're just agnostic about, you know, we'll bring NFTs and we'll bring Web3 and we'll talk about blockchain, whatever it is. The point was that we wanted to talk about it. And I think that also was seen as, I think that generated a lot of goodwill, you know, just that we wanted to host that dialogue. And, and I think that was also very exciting. Now, the summits are really important to mention. Again, for those who are not familiar uh, within the industry, there are a ton of NFT events, but there are a few that are really recognized for bringing in the right kinds of discussion, uh, really providing innovation and launching uh, new platforms, new businesses. And I think you guys, through your annual summit in July in New York, you provide a home for those important conversations. And I can't think of anyone that I admire in this space who doesn't make it as an appointment listing in their calendar to make sure their schedule is clear. Either if they can't be there in person, they're figuring out ways to attend virtually, get connected and remain close to the network of everything going on during this summit. Thank you. I mean, we really do. There's been a real sort of corporate commitment to these summits now. And I I think we're just so excited to see, again, this connection between creators and crypto and, you know, VC and tech, and then collectors, institutions, you know, the legal arm of what's happening in in innovation, like all of these different groups are coming together, some super knowledgeable, some are like, you know, what's an NFT, what's AI, but that's okay. Like they, these are all people who want to learn and who are enthusiastic about the space. And it's also uh, including some of our just very traditional art collectors who, you know, want this opportunity to sort of get educated and to to meet the key players in the space. So it's and and I think it's also important to acknowledge that ventures and summit and sort of the third part is Christie's 3.0, which is our on-chain platform, they all come together under an initiative that we call Christie's Innovation. So with the launch of the ventures last summer, you know, we'd have the summits, we launched ventures, and then in September of last year, we launched Christie's 3.0. So all three of those together, there's the the, the sale transaction component where we're selling NFTs on 3.0. There's the venture component where we're supporting the ecosystem and engaging with the ecosystem. And then there's a summit where we're connecting and engaging in real life. And so all three of those together are part of the innovation program. So for those who are listening and they're now learning about Christie's Ventures and now to see for the first time, Christie's isn't just this place where things can go. It's actually an active player in the discovery of, the growth and the build of future businesses. Who Who are the kinds of artists, businesses, business models that you're connecting with when you think about Christie's Ventures and who you're supporting in the next, you know, call it two years. So we look at sort of three different areas that are interesting to us. One is around financialization of the art market, whether that's things like uh, buy now, pay later type um, opportunities or potentially fractionalization. Like we're exploring all the different things that are happening around financialization of the art market. The second pillar is around hardware that that's changing the way that you experience art. So for example, we invested in something called Proto, which has these holograms, um, which are incredible. And we toured, you know, we do these, we do exhibition tours all the time, very expensive, very complicated. So we toured a Degas 
dancer sculpture through the proto hologram and brought it to Asia. So that's, you know, it's, a, it's more sustainable. It's, it's just really an interesting um, way to change how you experience art. And then the third part of ventures, which is really under my, my purview is web three. You know, I've fully gone down the web three rabbit hole, as you know. And so within web three, we look at a number of different things. To me, web three is the convergence of technology, finance, and culture. And for Christie's, we care about all three of those. And I think Web3 is changing the way that culture is, is created, consumed, and distributed. And again, that's core to, to what Christie's is all about. So when I think about Web3, it's not that I, again, that I want to invest in digital art or NFTs, although that's terrific. I want to think about what, what does blockchain do? What, is, what do smart contracts do for the future of how this ecosystem is going to operate and evolve? I think that's exactly it. That it's a great sense. it's a great point to remind people that NFTs are not always just the product. NFTs are the tool that empower new business, new connections, new communities. You know, I, I think one of my friends, Swan Sit, says this so well all the time. We don't call it, I'm gonna listen to an MP3 on my iPhone. We just say we're gonna listen to music. The MP3 makes that possible. And so we're getting to that place where it's about the end use and I think what you're doing and the, the businesses you're looking to create that convergence of the capabilities in this technology and looking at how it can improve consumers' lives. Um, and even what you mentioned too up about Proto, you know, the idea that for the first time it's affordable and now accessible for other communities outside of where an exhibition might be can experience yep. art in a new dimension. It, it's not this either or. It's not, do we like physical art or digital art? It's together we can all experience it in a more compelling way. And I think what's so interesting about both the proto and a vision around um, Web3 is that it actually has nothing to do with digital art. I mean, proto enables you to experience physical art, which is, you know, just in a digital, in a virtual space. You know, what I think is so interesting about Web3 or, or NFTs or tokenization is that it's again, not so much about the digital art, but about the fact that you're creating a digital deed of authenticity for physical works, for you know your car, for your Picasso, whatever it is. Like I, to me, you know, 20 years ago, brands were like, do I need a website? Do I need an Instagram account? And I think that's what this is gonna be like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I just, I think going forward, Web3 and smart contracts, it's just gonna be part of how we do business. Do you know, I just recorded an episode 20 minutes before this about that very thing and how Chanel didn't start an e-commerce site until 2016 oh. because there was this resistance for so mm -hmm. long. I mean, 20 years ago, e-commerce websites felt scary and weird. And now they're just par for the course. Yep. You and I could start a website yep. right now, start selling this plant behind me. We could, we could go into horticulture online in a flash. Yep. And I think we're just in the, you know, we're so early and that's why that, that clunkiness still exists and it makes it trickier for people to get into. But through things like Christie's Ventures, you're looking for the founders who are providing solutions. Tell us more about, you know, what are things that are exciting you in, in the deal flow of founders you're meeting and solutions that they're creating? Well, I mean, I have to just, I mean, I think we have to acknowledge AI. <laughs> Oh, well, I, I, tell me, what is AI? <laughs> For a while, people were like, metaverse, metaverse. And we were always kind of like, we don't, I'm interested in metaverse, but I couldn't get behind it as an investment yet because I didn't really understand what it was. It was too early. But what's so interesting with now everyone's saying, AI, forget metaverse. But the reality is that 
when you think about there's huge interest and demand for immersive experiences that are engaging and virtual and AI, well, that's a, that is the metaverse. That's the definition of the metaverse. So I do think that's interesting, even though we don't talk about the metaverse. But I mean, AI is obviously front and center and the convergence of AI with Web3 around things like identity and zero knowledge proofs. I mean, that's just jaw dropping. There's so much going on there. That is that is fascinating to me. On a sort of softer note, I'm really interested in the intersection of art and tech and fashion and luxury. I'll drop a little juicy bit that the summit this year is actually one of the four pillars of the summit is going to be around this conversation. And we have a big brand name sponsor that we're bringing in and other you know, important iconic luxury brand. But I think that what's happening both in terms of digital fashion and in terms of using technology in the fashion industry, both are to me are such interesting trends and all supported by things like AI and uh, and Web3. I think fashion is going to be the bridge that help onboard the mainstream consumer. We, we saw a little bit of that with Paris Fashion Week this year and the convergence, the connection between digital and physical. And I think people for the first time realized they didn't have to be this tech geek to understand what's happening in the space. They could just like what they like. You know, they, they like fashion. Mm-hmm. They liked it in these new forms. And it was exciting. It didn't replace their existing behavior and wants and needs to shop physical clothing. Mm-hmm. It just added something new. I, I also think that it's fascinating to see how artists and I should say creators and fashion are aligning, whether that's artifact and Nike, for example, or, um, well, and and that also gets to the whole trend of web two companies aligning with web three natives, digital natives to sort of get into this space. So there's this creator as a brand and creator becoming a fashion influencer or fashion designer. And then there are these web two brands that are getting into web three by aligning with these digital natives. And to me, all of those trends together are just, I just feel very privileged to be part of that and to be, you know, experiencing it, to be honest. I think it's, I think it's amazing. It it is. And and look, as spectators and builders, it's fun to sit on both sides of the table and watch the show of the world evolve and change through this technology, but then also be a part of this where we're building and creating the very things that are shaping and redefining the future. We have to applaud Mavion. I mean, you guys are doing this real time and have been doing this and in a really just truly unique and authentic way. And you know, not only are you changing sort of the, the experience of of fashion and online experiences, but also you're building the community around it, which is sort of amazing. So I, I we just, it's your podcast, but I do just want to give <laughs> a little shout out to you on well, that. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. We are, we are excited to, I think, do exactly what Christie's Ventures is doing here, which is to reimagine a whole new way that businesses can be engaging and should be connecting with the consumer and to do it at the crossroad of core interests, fashion being, I think, the primary one. Mm -hmm. Um, My next question was going to be, outside of fashion, which industry do you think is ripe for the taking? Is it lifestyle, beauty, travel, something else? We're really interested in wellness, to be honest, which I think that there's just a lot going on with Web3 and AI, again, that's going to change how how we experience virtual living or virtual our virtual worlds. I think, you know, when you look at how this upcoming the next generation takes their virtual selves so seriously and it almost feels more aligned with their virtual world and their virtual selves than than the real world. And I think 
you know, that's amazing. But I also think there's potential for negative side effects of that or negative implications. And I think, so I think the wellness component, you know, for that community is going to be important. And I think as you look at, at the other end of the spectrum, an aging community, the opportunities for people with Alzheimer's or dementia to sort of use art and AI and Web3 to to have sort of different experiences and connectivity, I think is really, really interesting and powerful. Yeah, I agree. I think that the health and wellness industry is such a perfect place for AI to thrive and truly create life-saving solutions. You know, we have the data, the insights, if that can be customized and personalized for a consumer level to flag key triggers in our lifestyle, a behavior, um, some kind of trigger or difference in how our body has functioned or how we slept one night. You know, I think about the differences that could make for everyone at a very individual level. Just to shift it up a little bit, love to talk about, you know, we've got this great trajectory of promise and potential opportunities, but what are some of the challenges you're seeing uh, either in finding these businesses um, to invest in at the Christie's Ventures team or challenges in once you've invested where they grow and go to next? Because this is early and and I do applaud early investors here because the metrics are different for success when you're at the beginning of building an empire and not at the end. I mean, that's a great question. And I think, you know, there are there are pain points, obviously, when you're creating something. Part of the issue is that it's just a question of education. And this whole space is changing and evolving so fast that it's hard to keep up for anybody to keep up, much less, you know, somebody who's for whom this is not a core passion. So, you know, a lot of the time when you talk about something like Web3, people think, well, uh, so FTX, you know, why would you be investing in, in crypto? And, you know, that has nothing to do with what we're doing. So, you know, I think that's just something that we need. We need to just try our best and keep, you know, reinforcing what Web3 or what art and tech means to us and and what it doesn't mean. So, so that's really important. And I think also, you know, when you look at how the markets have changed, you know, there's things again are happening so quickly, like NFTs are up, NFTs are down, you know, different, I don't want to, you know, China's in, China's out, like whatever, you know, we can't, you know, TikTok, whatever. So I think there's so much flux going on globally and across different markets that I think it takes a strong stomach, I think, for a company to commit to a path like this that is where there is inherent risk. You know, there's obviously upside and and it's not just economic upside. It's really the opportunity to see what's next, to shape what's next and to reach and engage a new community. So I really, you know, I applaud Christie's for for going down this path and for seeing these kind of opportunities. What advice would you have then for founders as they are taking idea into execution and then bringing on their first investors like Christie's? What would be some of that those key insights you would you would share? I think it's I think it's really important really important that when you're when you're starting out, you know that you know what you're doing. You're not, you cannot be doing all things. Even if that's your vision, you need to be very focused. You, you need a focused niche and you need to understand and be aware of what niche you're in. Um, so that at least in the beginning, and I think great to, again, to have your vision, but you've got to be, it's got to be two sentences in terms of what you're doing. I think that it's really important that entrepreneurs and founders are building a network. And I, I don't just mean a network, but like a great team and a great network and great advisors. Because at the end of the day, 
your network is your multiplier. It's it's how you'll bring in investments. It's how you'll raise you know raise your money and and really get visibility. But more than that, like you need people who understand what you're doing, believe in what you're doing, and believe in you because it's a really hard road. So and that takes a lot of work to build that network and to identify people who know things that you don't know. So to recognize what where you're lacking and find those people who can come in and fill those gaps. And then third, I think that all founders, all startups, all startup companies need to have a story that they can tell because no matter how great your product is or or how revolutionary your tech is, there needs to be a narrative that people can relate to. So I think, you know, you may not be a storyteller, but but there's some rationale, there's some reason that you got into this space. And that's something that you need to be able to articulate in a way that evokes the passion that you that you feel. I totally agree. I think about some of the most recent examples of businesses that have totally, you know, shot to the moon, if you will. And it's less about having even a revolutionary product. The story should never be underestimated. Look at Liquid Death, you know, the water company in a can. We, of course, have plenty of water in bottles to choose from when you walk the aisles of any convenience store or supermarket. Um, And yet this one in, you know, mere months shoots to a multi-billion dollar valuation because they created something that was fun, engaging through, as you said, a network and an incredible story. And it's it's so it's so clear. I listened, I was at the uh, Time on Hundred Summit yesterday and Kim Kardashian was talking about how why she started Skims. I mean, there are a million shapewear companies. There's been shapewear, you know, since the dawn of time in many ways. And did we need another one? I don't know, but apparently we did because her company has, has done so incredibly well. And what she was saying is like, I couldn't find what I wanted. So I put these garments in a sink with tea bags. Like there was a real story behind why she did what she did. And it obviously speaks to people. And of course you need quality and, you know, there's a lot of other things, but to me, it starts with the story and it grows with the story. Exactly. That's the top of funnel. The story at the start has yeah. to be powerful. It has to connect. Okay, Lexi, we're going to switch things up for this next part. I love connecting people. I get to talk to so many fascinating people like yourself because of the work that I'm doing at Mavion. And I'm going to bring in another guest, another guest, someone from my community uh, and someone that I actually had the pleasure of working with recently at one of the major NFT events in Los Angeles. And she's going to ask you a question directly. Lexi, meet Arielle Caputo. She's the founder of Caputo Consulting. She has been in the entertainment industry and the nonprofit sector for over a decade. She's currently working on a TV show with Travis Barker and Post Malone that has an incredible Web3 component to it with fine art via tattoo mediums and all kinds of NFTs as well as some social impact. So stay tuned. Lots of exciting things she's working on. Uh, Arielle, so happy to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you. First off, Michelle, thank you for having me. I love you and love what you stand for. Lexi, it's nice to meet you. I've actually heard a couple podcasts and your story and how you came up on your career is pretty cool. So my question to you is, research shows us that our collectors are typically over the age of 35, with the largest group falling between 50 and 65. Now, most people over the age of 50 have no clue whatsoever of the term Web3. How do you feel you, Christie's, is bridging that gap? And how do you see Web3 technology affecting the art world and the way we buy, 
sell and appreciate art. Great. Well, so nice to meet you, Ariel. And thank you so much uh, for, for this question and for coming on this podcast. I actually was supposed to have gone to NFTLA, so I'm sorry I didn't because maybe we would have met. But I think those are all great questions. Um, let me try and unpack those. So yes, it is true that particularly at the high end, art collectors tend to be on the you know older end of the spectrum. I think what's so interesting about and again, I want to separate NFT art from Web3 opportunities in the art world. But I think it's really interesting what we've seen with NFT art is that, yes, the initial sort of enthusiasm came from, you know, maybe what we call crypto bros, if you will. But I think that that evolved and spread pretty rapidly to a much more diverse community of collectors, I will now call collectors, perhaps not originally, you know, they may not pre-NFTs have thought of themselves as art collectors, but they've really gone into this NFT space and and are collecting digital art very seriously. And those are people, I think, of all ages. I mean, we've seen certainly, you know, a younger audience and a female audience and, and a diverse audience. But I also can say that we've seen some of our top, you know, fine art collectors have become very enthusiastic about the space and are buying at the you know at the highest price points across the nft art spectrum so so that's that's one answer i think you know in terms of what do we see the opportunities for in terms of web3 in the art world and i think again i just want to differentiate so it's not that christie's ventures is not setting out to invest in digital art what we're doing is exploring how web3 or how technology more broadly can change the way that people buy, sell, create, experience art, and art, broadly speaking, culture, luxury, collectibles, whatever asset or passion point you sort of bring to that definition, I think falls into that category. And so I think what the most obvious things that we're seeing are things like NFTs or digital tokens to unlock utility and rewards. But I think beyond that is there's a real opportunity for NFTs again, as a, as a digital sort of deed, if you will, to authenticate and verify and, and create a provenance for physical assets. So those are all issues that are really important and critical and sort of core to the art market, issues of provenance and authenticity and all of that. And the idea that Web3 could change or sort of move all of those, those key issues to sort of another stratosphere is, is just very exciting from a Web3 perspective. And finally, in terms of, of investment opportunities around Web3 in particular, so far we've been really focused on the sort of infrastructure layer, the picks and the shovels, if you will, interoperability standards, things like that, creator tools. I think you know we're also now starting to explore another layer around applications and services and what that looks like. And again, around things like authenticity and 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 identity and um frictionless sort of experiences to to sort of onboard the next generation of Web3 users, if you will. Super appreciate you taking the time to answer my question. Thank you. And Ariel, where can people find you and follow along with your initiatives? Sure. It's um, arielcaputo.com and the same on Instagram and the same on Twitter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Have a great day, guys. Thank you so much, Lexi. It's been great to have you. Thank you for sharing incredible insights with us today. Thank you so much for having me on. I really, I am so honored to be here with you. And I would like to formally invite you to, to join us on July 19th and 20th 
at our Art and Tech Summit. I really, I, I would just be so grateful and and excited to have to have you there with us. So we would love it. Myself, Mavion, we are big fans of everything you're doing at Christie's, and it would be an honor to be there and and support in any way that we can. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you to all of our listeners. We know that time is your most valuable asset and we fully appreciate you sharing your time with us today. If you'd like to join me on a future episode, go online to michellejreeves.com and submit your question for an upcoming podcast guest. One person will be chosen to join me and you'll be able to ask your question directly just like Ariel did. You can follow me at michellejreeves.com and on Instagram at Twitter at michellejreeves. Have a great week, everyone, and look out for the next episode. Thank you. Until next time. Bye.